We're back on Civil Action. This is Brian Kabatek along with uh, Sean Karnikian, who I've taken to calling my compadre. Little helper. Little helper, compadre, associate, partner in crime, co-host. Yeah. How about co-host? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. And my- normally what we do is we do an overview of cases and talk about recent appellate, appellate decisions that have come down from the California Court of Appeal, Ninth Circuit, the Supreme Court. And uh, but today is a lot more exciting. It's not the typical. No, boring. we're very exciting when we talk about new cases. It's important for people to understand cases. They learn everything they need to know about the law. Yeah, but in 20 the problem minutes. is people find you boring. So that's the, that's the trouble with I'm that. I'm not boring. So, but today to spice it up, we have guests. And can and introduce our next guest, Brian. After you tell people how to get a hold of us, oh, they can find us at kbklawyers.com or. Uh, find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, and they could subscribe and leave us feedback or complaints about Brian. Yeah, people yeah. never complain about. No, me, they Jim. do. They so do. Jim Dismond's our 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 guest today. He's sitting here with us. We're at the Cala Convention in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and this is a convention that attracts something like twenty seven, twenty eight hundred lawyers, the biggest plaintiffs um, convention in the country, and we are. Looking forward to hearing from you today about you, yourself, what you do. But let's start by just telling us a little bit about who you are, what your, uh, what your, your practice is like. Tell us something. Introduce yourself yeah. to the audience. I'm a civil rights lawyer. been in Los Angeles area for 35 years, going on my 35th year as being a lawyer. So people often ask me, what is a civil rights lawyer? I mean, we're talking voting rights? Not exactly. What we do is we prosecute cases with constitutional violations, either by police or in the employment context, or where any government entity or corporation or other individual harms someone, and we could represent that person and get them compensation for what they've been through, all on a contingency. Nineteen eighty-three actions. Nineteen eighty-three federal courts. FEHA. Federal Employment, Fair Employment and Housing Act, absolutely. And so you oftentimes these cases have an attorney's fees component, which makes it that much better when we do take them to trial and get a victory because then our clients can get what the jury actually awarded them and we could get paid through our fees. Yeah, we, we, Sean and I read a case or, or reported on a case a couple of weeks ago that came out of the 4th DCA uh, down in Orange County where they had brought a 1983 action and had ended up with a very small result but the judge in the court struck the attorney fee award in its entirety. I don't know if you're familiar with that particular case, yeah. but it was dangerous because oftentimes your cases might end up with a relatively small amount, but the, um, the, the action itself and bringing the action is what's important. Well, it sounds like an abuse of discretion by that judge, and hopefully um, it would be reversed. Um, but if that's an appellate decision, of course, then it's California or the Ninth Circuit. And what we see is that in the federal judiciary, things are getting increasingly um, conservative. I have a case that I've, I've argued in the Ninth Circuit three times with a published federal decision, Jue Lu versus United States of America, where we were awarded attorney's fees under the Equal Access to Justice Act. And it's just been remanded to the third time for our, our fee award because of a recent, uh, somewhat recent United States Supreme Court decision, uh, the Goodyear decision, that will make it more difficult for us to recover fees. And it's really true. I mean, in that case, we did get a verdict on behalf of our clients. We were abused by an asylum officer. A U.S. asylum officer tried to trade sex and money in return for approving their asylum back in 1990. And I've been doing it for, no, I'm wow. sorry, back in the year... 2000. 2000. So it's so it's still it's still almost going on 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 20 years. So we we do cutting edge litigation like that, and fees are very important. 
Brian, I wonder if we could talk a little bit about California Civil Code Section 52.1, which is California Civil Rights uh, Cause of Action. Because what many people don't realize is that our California Civil Rights Statute actually gives less protection to Californians than the federal civil rights statute. So through the National Police Accountability Project, we're going to be working with Consumer Attorneys Association of California to change the law and to make it more protective. So exactly what you were saying, Brian, where people like me and newer attorneys to represent people whose rights have been infringed upon by police misconduct, a problem we see too often in Southern California, those people can take these cases to court and we can get attorneys through 52.1. I won't bore you with the details, but it's a flawed statute right now and we need to have legislative change. Okay, so the way we work on this is that um, I ask a question, then Sean asks a question. So, Sean, it's your time, turn to ask a question. And let's hope it's a, like a intelligible. Good intelligible. Just all question. I hope for. I don't even no, hope for a Jim, being good question. What, what you do sounds like it's extremely sophisticated. It's super specialized, and it's and you play a very valuable role in society. Um, how did you come come about doing this? Well, I was a legal services attorney in the late 80s in Santa Monica, Westside Legal Services, representing lower-income people. And I met a gentleman by the name of Ben Schoenbrunn, who volunteered at the clinics, who had a private practice down, down in uh, Venice Beach on Oceanfront Walk. And uh, he asked me to join him. And within the first six months, we had a monumental sex harassment case against Geffen Records. with the president of DGC Records when Geffen was running Nirvana and we were on the front page of the Times. And then we also had a tragic case of Terrence Williams who was shot and killed by a city of Hawthorne police officer, point blank, before video, before you were able to prove it that way, but we did have an eyewitness. So we initially just got on the map in two major practice areas, um, sex harassment and police misconduct, and, uh, you know, did a good job on those cases. And as Brian knows, and both of you guys know, you do a good job for people you're going to get people returning. I mean, there's Jonathan, uh, <laughs> my good friend. We work, we work together on cases. You know, we did great on one case together. He's coming back for more, and we're working together. That's, so, Jim, that's let me ask you a question. Why do you see such an increase today in the um, shooting of unarmed black men? Well, I, th- I think it's the training, and it's the lack of training. It's a training and a fear-based mentality where they figure that if they can do it, they will shoot at any provocation. And now, hopefully, there's a recent change in the law in California. That, it that has just to came be, down, that right? That just came down, that it has to be necessary in order to use that deadly force. And police are just given too widespread discretion, and the police agencies defend them, including the city of Los Angeles. I mean, the city of Los Angeles city attorney's office acts as a protectorate of these bad officers. They don't allow them to get good discipline. I believe they hide their prior records. It is, it, it is really And then they tragic. fight tooth and nail when you sue them in civil court. Absolutely. We have a case where we've gotten a judgment against the officer and 680 83,000 attorney's fees, we can't collect because the city won't pay. And that's why we need a change in California's law so we can prosecute these cases under Civil Code 52.1. And people like me who take these cases to the mat, take them to trial, have a jury of our peers decide these cases can do so, and we could get fairly compensated by our work. Well, I'm not currently allowed to comment about the city attorney's office of the city of Los Angeles. I can say that uh, you do God's work, and you're out there every day doing that, and it's important that you're doing what you're doing because uh, there are plenty of folks that are that are handling personal injury cases and you know valuable tort cases. What you do really does change society. What's the most impactful case you've ever had? Well, Brian, I think there's been a lot, but I, I will say in the early uh, 1990s, after the Penny Muck versus Geffen Records case, I represented Wayne Mogilewski, 
who uh, was working for Silver Pictures, and he was um, basically the president tried to um, trade sex in return for points on a, on a film deal. We were thrown out of court, not a sex harassment case. Believe it or not, in the early 1990s, male-on-male sex harassment did not violate the Fair Employment wow. Housing Act. Wow. It was wow. up against Burt Fields and Howard Weitzman, you know, two heavy hitters in the entertainment industry, and we got My a published decision. My dad went decision. to high school with Burt Fields. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you know, fine attorney claims never to lose a case, but I do have a published decision where he's <laughs> named as the loser. <laughs> where it's um, Maybe he just prefers to say he came in second. <laughs> exactly. Right. exactly. So it got thrown out, and you were able to appeal it? And- yes, and of course, we reached a confidential settlement, so it didn't actually go to trial, but it was a published decision, and it set a good precedent that showed that it didn't matter the motive of the harasser, that as long as the conduct was offensive and unwelcome and, and of a sexual nature, that would violate, violate FIHA. And so when we can do a case like that where we can set precedent where not only you're helping your own client, but you're helping so many other people across the state of California, and I've had the good fortune to have several of those in my career, and that's where we really can make a difference. So you've, you've had big wins, clearly, um, but what losses have you had that have shaped your, your kind of your skills and your worldview and taught you lessons? What's your, what's your favorite failure? Well, I've lost a few police trials. Um, and, and I kind of know why that happened. And the, the one case that was horrible to me and shows what can happen when justice goes wrong was a young woman who was a personal injury case. And we tried it in Malibu. And it was a complex regional pain syndrome case. But she had unfortunately, you know, relapsed and done some drugs and all her drug use got in. And where we had a case where our client terribly needed money for medical care, we won on negligence but lost. And what that showed me was, you know, your plaintiff, your client. Um, I do use the Jackie Robinson analogy of how he had to endure, you know, just the slings and arrows of these racial epithets, but he had to walk with his head high and just take it for a while. And I tell my clients, like, it's not going to be easy in litigation, but you, you have to um, do your best not to do things that are going to end up hurting your case on a case where we should have won. The tragic part about that case, because of the lack of medical care she got, and it really was because of that, she died in her 30s. And so that case haunts me. I knew her son. And, you know, when that happens and and you you feel like, okay, she made a mistake, you know, but didn't get the ultimate justice of compensation, um, you know, it it sticks with you, especially when it's a matter of life and death. Sorry to interrupt. How old were you when you started law school? 22. All right. What would the current Jim tell the 22-year-old Jim? Um, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Law school was tough, right? You know, all these hurdles. I see these young folks and you think, oh my gosh, you know, what, what am I going to do? And it's like, you know, if I would have known during law school, I was going to have an office on Venice Beach, which I did for 25 years looking out on the ocean while doing civil rights work and doing great work for people, you know, I, I would have been a, a, a lot happier. But I will say in a good word to younger lawyers, go to meetings. You know, earlier in my career, I had an opportunity to go to Left Jaw, the Legal Eagles for Truth, Justice, and the American Way, our local employment uh, rights bar. I didn't go. You know, Joe Posner ran it. And now I'm doing it 20, 30 years later, and I think of all those missed opportunities networking. Now we have, you know, so much where we keep connected through online. And, you know, this could be a little bit of an isolating business sometimes. Yeah, such a good advice is, is join and participate and show up and attend and don't be shy. And even if you sit in the back of the room, maybe it's for you, maybe it isn't, but at least show up. Exactly. You know, the friendships, the camaraderie. I mean, look, the reason why this conference is so special here in Las Vegas, Consumer Attorneys Association of Los Angeles, is because of the connections we can make 
with, with friends and, and by uniting and working together, we could just do so much better for our clients. And that's what I found through, throughout my career. And, 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 and I love continuing to do it. Uh, you're clearly good at what you do and you clearly love what you do. What habits have you adopted either recently or earlier in your career that you think have really helped you do what you do? Well, I try to do yoga every morning when I can, you know, if I don't have to get up too early for court. And I just think that 45 minutes of taking myself through the paces and moving my body and, and, and focusing on breathing and calming down and trying not to say, oh, you know, every so often I'll do like 15 minutes and check my emails. Well, try, <laughs> try to do it for as long as, as long as you can. So that type of thing. But also enjoying life, you know, exercise is, is so important. But, you know, I go to music festivals. I, I go see, you know, live music, you know, even before trials sometimes. It's very inspirational. And, you know, experiencing that joy, you can walk into the courtroom. And, you know, as some of the practitioners we saw in the voir dire seminar said yesterday, you know, embrace that jury, even the people that may disagree with you. Try to create that tribe of people. And, and by showing them that, hey, I'm here to be you know, to, to inform you and educate you about this case. But to have that relationship, that positivity goes such a long way. Jim, in our last couple of minutes here, let's have a little fun. This is where we get to ask rapid-fire questions. I'm the arbiter of good taste, which should frighten you. <laughs> and uh, we're going to ask out rapid-fire questions. There's no wrong answer. And just have fun with it. Let's start with Sean. Uh, favorite movie? On the Waterfront. Go on. <laughs> Could have been a contender. Could, I could have been a somebody. Oh, man. Yeah. Instead of a loser with a one-way ticket to? <laughs> Palookaville. Very good. <laughs> Where's Palookaville? I have no idea. <laughs> Where is it? Tell us, Brian. I could have been a contender, Tom. Instead of what I am, Charlie, just a bum. <laughs> Very good. good Very one. good. Okay, I, I kind of asked you this earlier when we were off the, uh, off, off the air. Because uh, we're live, right? We're live. We're live right now, and people can tune in live. No, we're not live. Favorite song? We're not live. Favorite song Favorite in the song, whole wide world? Wake up to find out that you are the eyes of the world by the Grateful Dead. It's such an uplifting song, and you know, I, I love many different types of music, but that that's an awesome one. Favorite music festival? Well, I love Lockin. I was there the last two years, four days of a music festival on a farm in Virginia, just sit out the lawn chair and, and, and listen to the music. It was wonderful. But I did have the opportunity this year to go to the High Sierra Music Festival and, you know, no screens or anything, just the band with like, you know, redwood fir trees. It's apparently um, in the High Sierra. Quint, yes. Yes. Thank you, Brian. I, you know, Thank you. We won't say anything about um, the double entendre of the High Sierras for that festival, but um, the I don't know uh, what he's talking about. It, you know, we're, we're well, we're we're in California, where you know we, we can not the, now. We're we, in Nevada. It's we, okay. We can have um, high, high times if you'll abide. It's okay the, here as, too. As, as the dead sing. It's okay here too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, right, is it? But, but yeah. um, it's in Quincy, California, specifically Quincy. three hours north of Sacramento. So I flew into Sacramento, drove north from there. And the police officer didn't give me a ticket when he pulled me over and said, you know, you look damn good for 60. And I was like, thank you very much, You officer. do look good for 60. <laughs> my question or your question? No, it's my question. Your right? question. What, what's your favorite color? Blue. Boring. I know. Do you notice but, but, that almost well, it's everybody... Okay. It's a boring question. Yeah, it's yeah, a boring yeah, question. Yeah. Almost everybody it's waits your question to pick the primary color. Yeah. Really? Well, it's a boring question. Well, uh, I'm, favorite- a, I'm a Bruin, blue, blue and gold, uh, although I did recently sue the UC Regents who were fortunate enough to get a $1.6 million verdict two weeks ago congratulations. for a race discrimination case. Congratulations. Right? That's good. good for you. All right. God's work, as I say. Uh, favorite food? 
Okay, I'm going to delay on that one a little bit, but I, you know, I'm Italian, so good, you know, my mom's pasta. I was back in New Jersey last week, and my mom p- cooked me up this beautiful dish. And held your mom. Nothing better. 82. You okay. know? Yeah, yeah. You know, she's still young. Yeah, she's still young. She has she she has her struggles, but uh, you know, uh, so it was great Sean. to see her. So does Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my my turn for your question. turn. Your turn. Uh, if would you own a submarine or a spaceship? Submarine. Stay on this God's earth. <laughs> um, does Godfather 3 even count as a movie? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, lo- I love the Godfather movies, but uh, I, I don't even recall the 3. So I, <laughs> no, so one I guess great not. line. Every time I'm out, they pull me yeah. back ah, in. Ah, there you right? go. That's like, true. That's, it's like, like our practices. practices. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we've asked movies. We've got... Um, I will ask you this. Uh, if you weren't a lawyer, what would you be? A journalist. What would you want to be? A, a journalist, an investigative journalist, and, and speak truth. I think someone, you know, I know it's a rapid-fire answer, but what I try to bring to light in the courtroom is the truth. I know we have the preponderance of the evidence, but I, and I tell my clients, let the truth be your guide. It's kind of like life. what you already do now. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, yeah. I, I, unfortunately for journalists, we're better compensated, but... Uh, <laughs> If money some days, no sad but true. Some, some days. days I work very hard without getting paid. Some too. days, right? Yes, Absolutely. Yes, yeah. Yes, well, sir. listen. As I said before, Jim, you really do God's work. You do, do unbelievable stuff out there, and uh, it's easy for people to go after uh, a practice area which is maybe easy or 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 favorable or profitable, and you're in an area which can be. All of those things or none of those things. So thank you for what you do. We really appreciate you being here with us on Civil Action. This is Brian Kabatek along with uh, Sean Karnikian. Thank you, Jim. And you can find us online at kbklawyers.com. There's links to the podcast there or on Apple Podcasts. And you can subscribe and rate us. And uh, thank you very much, Jim. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was fun. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Jim.